You've already heard it all. But now you resonate. The world has pushed you out of what you thought you knew, your comfort zone, and into this strange place, this slightly off reality. Welcome to the Truth Serum Podcast, hosted by the controversial and funny Dom Bates, author, mother, human, and all-round thought leader. The time has come to realign your essence with your experience. We all know this world is changing. You're here now because you've personally felt it, and your reality has reflected The Truth Serum Podcast, getting to the root of what really is. And now, Dawn Bates. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs in the corner and cats on the armchair. We are here today with Terry Holland. Now, Terry is a lady who I have met through Instagram. And I have to tell you, this woman makes me giggle because I'm pretty sure that um, her faces that she pulls, honestly, the eyebrow raises, the stern mother look. And absolutely, are you really seriously kidding me? Are you really for real? This woman just knows, and she is an NLP trainer, coach, speaker, and all of those jazz, all the, the, the labels that people want to apply, which really, when we get to the nuts and bolts underneath it all, she's just a really funny, intelligent woman. And she is from Vancouver. So Terry, welcome to The Truth Serum. How are you today? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm just full of the giggles I'm just always well I'm always full of the giggles but I'm really well thank you yeah so today I wanted to invite you on to talk about manipulation because it was the post you made the other day on Instagram I was like oh my god that is so true because we were looking at talking about how a lot of coaches especially some of these bro marketing I've been in the industry for a long time these men that everyone should emulate are really big master manipulators Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a bit more about the post that you wrote the other day, if you can remember which one that was. If not, I've got it up here somewhere. Sure. Yeah, that was a. I think it was a reel that I did um, on Instagram about uh, about manipulation, and it was, you know, I made that one in response to something. So what I what I was seeing happening, and and what sort of got me riled up that day was people taking stats, manipulating stats to to a conclusion and mm-hmm. like numbers can be manipulated stats can be manipulated and they only tell if you're only telling this piece of it if you're only showing a small figure you're only showing one little sliver of a story and so it was very manipulative but as a you know as an NLP trainer NLP really is the study of manipulation persuasion influence so once you you know it and you understand it you can't be manipulated so whenever Once that, you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, that's what that post, that was the response that I had to it was um, basically don't play with me. 
I can <laughs> I see what's going right through it. Yeah. So that's that's where that came from. That's what that post was all about. So how did you get into NLP? Because I mean, I remember, gosh, a few years ago when I first came across NLP, it was, I mean, I say a few years ago, I'm going back about 20 years now. It's all a bit of a blur the last 20 years. It's just been so exciting. Um I met um, Wyatt Woodsmall at a business event. Uh, yeah, and oh, such a lovely guy. Absolutely. We were doing a workshop together and um, it was all about are entrepreneurs made um, or are they born? Mm. And <laughs> I came out, well, of course they're born. I said, and the people who think that they're just because they're in business that they're an entrepreneur, I said, they're really quite delusional as well. Yeah, and then a little bit later on in, in the, the, the workshop that we were doing, um, there was something he said. I went, look, if I was born in the 80s or 90s, I'd be off my face on Ritalin now. But because I was born in the 70s, I'm an inspiring entrepreneur. <laughs> so the giggling that was going on between us and the nodding, and um, just absolutely such a gentleman. He was so gorgeous. That was my introduction to NLP uh, when he was saying, you know, this eye, where your eyes are and where they're not and how you're delivering something and whether you're truth telling or hiding the truth or holding something back because, you know, the other person is not ready for it. it it's a vast subject. So how did you... Yeah decide that this was your thing and which area you wanted to focus on? Well, I kind of fell into it. So it's not something I ever thought I'd be doing. Um, when, I, when I was introduced to NLP, I had never heard of it before. I had no idea what it was. And essentially the, the short version of the story is that my life had fallen apart and I was looking for something. And I was struggling with my identity. I didn't know who I was anymore. I had um, lost my purpose in life. I was depressed. I had anxiety and I felt completely lost. And one day I went to a networking event and a man walked up, handed me a business card. It said hypnotherapy, NLP, timeline therapy, coaching. I had no idea what any of that meant, except <laughs> you know, I, I had seen stage shows. I had seen hypnotherapists on TV and clucking uh, like chickens. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe this can help me. So I said to him, I think you can help me. He said, what can I help you with? I said, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. I'm completely lost and I'm full of fear. And he said, okay, let's talk. So we went, we had a coffee, we talked, he explained what he did. I said, yes, I want to do this. And I started coaching with him. And in just a couple of weeks of working with him, my life dramatically changed. Hmm. Anxiety went away, depression went away, my confidence came back, my body healed of an autoimmune disorder I had had for 23 years. And I didn't wow. even possible. I hadn't even talked to him about that because I thought that that was just the rest of my life was going to be illness. Um, but I had this amazing healing experience. And so then I thought there's something, there's something to all of this. There's some magic happening in this and I need to learn it. So I set out to be a practitioner and then I went all the way through to being a trainer. Yeah. So that's the, that's the short version. <laughs> that is an incredible story. And I really want to pick up on something that you just said there about all these negative beliefs and thoughts and, you know, this fear and this overwhelm that you had in your life and how you also had these underlying health issues. One of the things that I've learned on my journey, um, 
of diving deep and calling myself on the bullshit excuses and fears and you know the um you know the worries that I had I mean I'm someone who never gets sick I mean I, I can't remember the last time I was sick you know and I've always believed that um and it was confirmed once I'd started doing all of this kind of work that the thoughts and the behaviors and the beliefs that we hold manifest themselves in our bodies yeah. as illness. And one of the things that's stuck for me is my coccyx. And even though I know I fell off a horse and just very, very uh, slightly missed a big high pile of horse shit, Right. Well, my boys thought that was hilarious. Like, oh, mommy just nearly landed in all of that. I know I landed on my tailbone and I know that ever since then it's been painful. I also know that my eldest son was um, born spine to spine, which badly bruised it. Um, But then when you start going into these spiritual realms and like, you know, you just thought that, oh, no, your root chakra is blocked. You're resisting something. You're holding on to something. You know, and I'm like, okay, am I? Like, what, what am I holding on to? And, you know, what's blocked? You know, what do I need to move through, et cetera, et cetera. And it is really interesting how once we find a purpose in our life and something that we voice something, the mm-hmm. stuff starts to shift in every area of our body. Yep. I mean, how long has this journey been for you from, like you said, it was two weeks from meeting him and working with him to knowing, uh, turning your life around? I mean, what does that look like in your world? Because obviously there are going to be people listening to that, this and going, okay, Dawn just made a joke about cooking like a chicken, which we know is not proper hypnotherapy. That's mainly stage shows. And I'm doing that to be playful. Yeah, but hypnotherapy um, and NLP are really, really powerful techniques, and they should not be messed with. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, so it's um, it's been a journey for sure. That was that experience was seven years ago, and so I went from that to learning it, um, which changed my life, and then became a master practitioner, which changed my life even more, and then a trainer. And so it's been an evolution over the last seven years for me. And what's fascinating to me is that when I meet people or when I talk to people who knew me before I learned NLP, uh, they say I'm a completely different person. I mean, I know I'm a different person, but it's fascinating for me to see the response in other people because they can't believe how much I changed. My life really, like, I talk about my life pre-NLP, post-NLP. And the pre-NLP version of me, I was very anxious from the time I was a child. I was incredibly shy. I didn't want to talk to people. I never wanted to be seen. I was, um, I was afraid of doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing. And that ruled over my entire life. And so I went from being the person who say at a networking event, I'd hide at the back of the room or I'd want a job to do. Like I'll work the table, do something. I don't actually want to go talk and meet people to being the person who runs the events and has my own events and who wants to be on stage and seen and heard. Um, so it was a massive change in my life. And, and I know for people who, who don't know and are maybe listening, that seems like, well, how is that even, how is that possible? But there were just beliefs I had about myself. Mm-hmm. There's beliefs. And when you change the beliefs, you change your outcomes. So, and in terms of healing in the body, yeah, it's exactly that. Like how, for, for your case, how did your body know to keep repeating that same pain? Mm-hmm. Our bodies heal. Our bodies have miraculous ways of healing. They know how to heal. 
So if an injury is, is continuing, is, if it's persisting for years, how does the body know? How do the cells know to keep replicating the pain and the problem? Oh, kind of MMA. <laughs> I did MMA for several years. Oh, Mixed yeah. martial arts, <laughs> being thrown on the floor. Yeah. And I also know that when I'm sat for a long period of time, I'm an author. This is, I, you know, and I've realized and sailing around the world, uh, you know, and you're sat down on a boat for a lot of the time. And I'm like, okay, I can't do this. So then I was like, okay, what can I do? How can I shift that? So now I stand up and write and I'm squatting while I'm writing, you know, and I'm always dancing every day. And I notice the more active I am, the less I'm sitting down. But also even when I'm sitting down, how I tilt my pelvis and how I, you know, whether I'm slouched or whether I'm, you know, boobs forward, shoulders back, butt out, as my mother used to say to me, you know, if you're going to walk properly, well, because if you've got books on your head, young lady, um, and which was really quite weird because she was not posh and didn't go to elocution lessons whatsoever. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, like I've been sat, I've had a sit down day today um, mm. and I was on a horse for several hours yesterday. Oh, wow. Um, but what I've made sure to do throughout the day is just stand up and dance and move my hips around and, you know, moving those muscles because it gets so tight and then they start pulling on it. Right. And people don't realize that just these small little changes that you can make with your, how your pelvis is tilted. It's amazing what people are doing to their bodies sat in these offices all the time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We're not, we're not meant to be sitting all day. Our bodies aren't designed for that. No. No, and you mentioned here that um, that one of the things that we uh, discussed is like the manipulation marketing that we see a lot. Um, you know, like you were saying, manipulation of figures, and you see these people, oh, you know, six-figure coaches, and you know, like, are you having ten k months? And you know, you're like, uh, you know, people will befriend you just to promote to you and you're just like well hang on a second how do you know I'm not already having 10k months how do you know that I didn't surpass that years ago you've not got to know me at all or have you ever thought that you know maybe I don't want to have a 10k month because that doesn't resonate with me maybe I want to actually go and be somebody who works in a care home taking care of old people because my grandfather died on his own he didn't I'm just using that as an example um, <laughs> for those that are listening um, but Again, it's like until you get to know someone and then they go, well, you're resisting something. What are you resisting? If you don't want a 10K month, what are you resisting? I'm resisting you right now. Thank you very much and yeah, goodbye. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, and, and why is, I always wonder why 10K? Why is that the magic number that everybody is pushing? Like I, what, I don't know. What, I don't know where that comes from. Why 10K? Why is that the magic? Um, you know, it's, yeah, so there's there's a lot of manipulation, especially in the coaching industry and marketing to coaches. And and the, the biggest red flag to me is one when they're talking about the 10k month. That's a big red flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also if they're if their only business, like say they're a business coach and they're gonna show you how you can build your business, if their only business has been business coaching, mm. made their money off teaching people how to make money. To me, that's a big red flag. That's a problem that they don't actually have any integrity or any foundation to stand on. They're just selling you a dream and it's mm -hmm. years because they don't actually know how to do it. They're just, it's, it's like, they're just replicating a system. Mm -hmm. Who knows if that works or reporting income. I see coaches doing that. Well, I've made X amount of dollars selling my program. Well, you made all that money selling a program to people, teaching them how to make more money. 
but what do you what do you actually know? It's like that there's a meme that I always see circle around once in a while. That's um, you know, send me a dollar. And if a million people send me a dollar, I'll give I'll send you a book of how to make a million dollars online. And <laughs> Right. It's like, it's that, it's that mentality. That's what it's about is like, I will tell you how to make more money, but I haven't actually done anything other than tell people how to make more money. <laughs> right. And it's really interesting because I had someone come to me and they're like, um, they approached me. I mean, I don't always, I mean, I publish other people's books. I'm an author coach, you know, but with that, uh, you know, there's 22 years worth of business experience and building businesses and taking people through step changes, you know, uh, and like whether it's, you know, parenting coaching that I've done because people have loved the way that I'm raising my children and, you know, they've paid and I'm like, okay, well, you know, there are all these things that, you know, when you run a business and you've been doing it for as, as long as I have, um, it doesn't feel like it's very long at all. I've loved absolutely every single minute of it. You know, the coaching was a side thing for me, you know, because I had my own media company, you know, we were producing CDs and DVDs and websites. And, you know, I've worked in publishing for a, for a very long time, whether it's journalism and newspaper magazines, and, you know, and I'm an executive contributor for the preeminence magazine. So again, I'm in publishing there. And, and I remember this woman, uh, come to me she goes what's the difference between you and this lady she's saying that she couldn't make me six figures um, a year um, by self-publishing I went okay did you ask her how much of uh, that is actually you might have a turnover of six figures but is that a profit of six figures because I can guarantee you to publish a book mm-hmm. just on the mi- bare minimum and this is without an editor you are looking a minimum cost of around about $10,000. So if you are thinking of publishing a book of any kind of caliber and you've got to pay for all the legal fees and the registrations, the ISBN, the book cover design, you've got to pay for the typesetters, the proofreaders, the licensing fees and all of these, you are looking at around about 10 grand. Anything less than that, you're probably looking at a clip art cover. We're not really going to go there, are we? Because that's just not, that's just not cricket. Um, and the thing is, it's like when you see all these coaches doing this and saying, you know, like, I'm going to help you get six figures a year. And it's like, yeah, but I don't normally want that. My book, my, the purpose of my books is I want to impact a million people. Yeah. Me wanting to sell a million copies of my books has got nothing to do with the, re- with the monetary return. I just know that the books I write are going to impact these people's lives so profoundly and I want to impact the lives of a million people because I know the ripple effect of that I've had people come to me like you've saved my marriage you have you know just reading your third book has uh, helped me create a seven-figure business and I'm like damn I really should have bloody put the price upon that if it was all about money you know <laughs> but you're so right people present this dream lifestyle and they, they're all on uh, the Insta fake and they're all made up. And this is one of the things I love about your page. And honestly, I giggle like the way you present. I would never have known all of those things about you before. I mean, you're absolutely stunning. You know, your confidence radiates and your messaging, it just cuts through it all because you've been through it all. Mm-hmm. And you can tell a coach that's been through it because their posts are real. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, I say it how it is. Don't worry. 
<laughs> it's called the truth serum, my darling. <laughs> good point. Good point. Yeah. 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 So what do you, you know, when you, you say all these red flags, um, you know, and people see people like yourself and I showing up on Instagram and, you know, we're just calling it out and saying it like it is. Yeah. You know, if they're wanting to break free of, you know, whether it's health or a relationship and, you know, I can send them to, you know, go and read my books. You know, that would be a good place to start. If I've inspired you with my posts, go read my books. You know, a friend of mine's an NLP trainer um, and she only charges £35 an hour for her NLP sessions. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, I think you need some NLP. <laughs> yeah. I'm pricing. What's the difference between NLP and coaching? Well, it's, you know, it's, I mean, we do coach through NLP. Um, the difference I would say between like an NLP coach and say a traditional life coach uh, is results, <laughs> to be really blunt. Before I did NLP, my first, I first did a coaching certification and I finished it and thought, okay, that, that was nice. I can ask <laughs> some questions. Um, I don't know how those questions work. I don't know what to do next. I don't know how these questions are actually supposed to change something for someone, but I can ask some questions. Mm. Then I did the master level and I finished that going, okay, now I have more questions I can ask. <laughs> and, you know, a few exercises I can do with clients, like journaling things and affirmations I can give them. But, but how does a person actually change? Mm. What makes the difference for someone? I can identify a limiting belief, but so what? What do we do about it? Mm -hmm. Leave a journal about it. Say their affirmations a few more times. Like, what do we? What do we do? Mm -hmm. What are we actually doing? Um, so, for me, NLP answered that question. It's the how. How do we actually create change? How do we change a lifelong habit, a lifelong behavior? How do we change somebody's thinking in a very short period of time so they get better results in their life? So for me, that's the difference is it's, it's results. And mm. I always get backlash from coaches when I talk about that, but it's, it's, it's true. <laughs> it is true. And this is the thing uh, for me. I, I just think the coaches that are only looking at coaching without the other modalities, mm -hmm. I think they're missing a trick massively. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's like they've misunderstood. The, I mean, for me, you, you have, I mean, one of the things that I I, um, I was asked at the very beginning, like, Dawn, like, you're a trainer, you're a mentor, and you're a coach. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. I was like, well, a trainer is telling you, a mentor is working with you and coming up and creating with you, and a coach is the one that's asking you the questions so that you can, do, you know, you can dive into it yourself. I said, but then on top of that, we've got, the, for me, I do energy work. I, I, do, uh, I do use NLP in a way, but I'm not an NLP I'm not an NL, I will never say that I use NLP techniques and because like I said to you, I will not mess with that. And I'll say like, okay, you've got this. I have come to a period of time, which is one of the things that, you know, I will, I have an energy healer. I have an ego emotional scientist coach on my team, um, you know, and I have people on my team that will fill in the gaps that I can't do because I'm not going to say I'm all things to all everybody because that's dangerous. 
Yeah. We're dealing with people and their emotions and their belief systems. And if we start messing in an area that we are not qualified in, the NLP I've done, the, the training that I've done, uh, it's nowhere near anything that, you know, I wouldn't say I'm an NLP trainer. I'm not an NLP master. I've done enough training. Um, I've read enough books. I've had enough of it done with me to know a very simple, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm still primary school level here. I mean, I might be doing a PhD with Oxford, but I'm still primary level when it comes to PH, uh, to NLP. And this is where having people like you in our space or different coaches and collaborating with different people instead of it's mine, it's all mine, you're going to stay with me. Yeah. And that manipulation of codependency that they put on the clients. I mean, you must have a team of people around you um, backing up and supporting and celebrating what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. And I have other people I work with that I refer out to counselors, psychologists, because there are areas that I won't go into mm. where I really need more clinical help. And then that's not, I'm not going to do that work or, um, and I have coaches that, that I've even coaches I've trained, but their specialty is different. Mm. I have a coach that I trained who her specialty is in relationships. I'm not interested in relationships. Uh, it's just not, I mean, I love my own relationship, but I'm not interested in working with relationships. And, and specifically she, she focuses on men who have been divorced who are getting back into dating and they're nervous and they're scared and they don't know how to put their best selves forward. I have zero interest in doing that. Mm. When I get a client like that, I just refer it to her because I know that she's going to do a better job. That's her area of specialty mm. focus. So yeah, I have a whole team of people that I work with, that I collaborate with and support. Um, and it's because we're, we're also not the right fit for every person. Oh, yeah. Right. So, um, but as you said, like you mentioned the, I know everybody's the right fit for us. <laughs> the, the codependency thing that you mentioned, that's my first coach though. And I'm grateful he introduced me to all this work, but that's, where he was leading me. He wanted a, a client for life. And when I said oh. to him, after working with him for quite a while, I said, I want to learn this. And I said that I had signed up to do my NLP practitioner training. I kid you not. I, I texted him. because I was so excited that I just signed up. I said, I registered. I'm so excited. And he wrote me back and said, um, then you don't need me anymore. And immediately blocked me from text, social media, everything. And it was this very abrupt, like, you're now cut off. You're going to go learn this. You don't need me anymore. Goodbye. Yeah. That's really toxic. Incredibly toxic. Incredibly toxic. And so I've always approached it from the idea. I do very short terms with my clients. Mm. I do breakthrough sessions, which are four to 10 hours of work over one or two days, very concentrated coaching. And then I do three months of coaching when they want to dig more into their business, but anything beyond that, I think we need to reevaluate. Mm. I don't want clients dependent on me. And that's why I'm really lean more into the trainings because I'd rather just teach them how to do these things and then carry on with your life. Absolutely. And if you need a little bit of work or you need a little bit of help, you come see me, but otherwise, you know, I think, I think if someone's with a coach for years, I like, what are you working on? <laughs> you probably just those of you who are watching on youtube you will have just seen like the eyes open like sources like I guess. I, 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 
I think a great coach, um, whether, you know, whether it's an author coach, a business coach, NLP coach or tantric coach or whatever, we, we are putting out, if we are great at what we do, we will be putting ourselves out of work with that client uh, three to six months. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I have, um, my, I mean, my high-end program, that is a seven-month intensive mastermind. We have seven workbooks that we have to get through. They're more textbooks and workbooks compared to a lot of these other workbooks that we're seeing out there that are just mainly clip arts and lots of lines on a page. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's seven very different models, uh, modules. So you've got two in leadership, like past leadership, future leadership, then you've got culture and we're looking at all elements of culture, you know, so whether it's your gender culture, your generational one, your national one, your, um, you know, your social culture, whatever that is, before we then move into the human rights and the social justice and then the ego and the imposter and then module six goes into story and branding and then we, we finish off with the media and, you know, that's a seven month program, but that's a very intensive seven months. Then they get the aftershock after service that I call it because after seven months of working with me, you're in shock. Um, and then the, the ninth month is where their book gets birthed because throughout that nine months, that's author accountability and business building and brand expansion. So when you've got something like that, that is a nine month container that and then obviously you've built very strong relationships. But if I'm working with a client on a one-to-one, it's mainly three months of intensive one-on-one where they're writing their book, we're looking at their business, we're looking at how they're um, creating their branding and how they're using their book to accelerate and leverage their life. And the fourth month is when it's going into publishing. So normally it's like a four to six month program. Anything longer than that, I'm like, uh, I, I need a break from you. Like, yeah. you know, I, I've held your energy. Like, I, we, you know, we can go away and we can still stay in touch, but I need that break. I need to release myself from that energy that I've held for you. I don't want to be working with you for longer than six months. No offense. No. <laughs> you no, know, I, I so, and your work is on a very, you know, coaching's very deep, energy work is very deep, but. The neuro-linguistic programming, well, I studied neuroscience um, and only because my ex-husband had a brain tumour and they told me he was epileptic. I was like, no, he's not. Oh. He's not epileptic. He's just, you know, he's... And I was like, well, I want the answers. I'm a geek. Yeah. I'm going to get curious. I'm going to go study neuroscience. Yeah. When you start messing with people's neuro-linguistic part, uh, and all of this, that's dangerous. Why do you think so many coaches are so blasé about it? Um, well, I think, you know, there's probably a few reasons. I think the biggest thing is that they don't really understand the depth of it. Mm. So I think there are coaches who they take a very basic level of NLP and then they think they know all there is to know about it without really understanding what they're doing. Mm. Sort of like the, you know, there's a, oh, what is it called? All of a sudden the name has escaped me. When people, mm. uh, when they have a little bit of knowledge and they think they know everything, they think they're an expert. <laughs> There's a, there's an asshole. <laughs> there's, there's a name for it that's a state. And it's, um, <laughs> I told you this was the true theorem. It's raw and real. <laughs> it's the, the Dunning Kruger effect. That's what it is. So they have ah, very little okay. bit of knowledge and they think they know everything about the subject. Mm-hmm. Well, we see so many of those on social media, don't we? <laughs> and on the 
other end of the spectrum is the expert who knows so much. They know they can never possibly know everything about it. So they feel like they're an mm. imposter because they mm. know, to know they'll never know it all. And, and ones who are dangerous and who use things like NLP in a very dangerous way and in, in a coaching context, um, they have a little bit of knowledge and they think they understand everything about it and they don't. And then we also mm. have trainers who are offering, you know, very $7 NLP courses online without any, have you seen it floats around on Facebook? I see the, the Udemy courses. Yeah. Seven dollars. Yeah. Come a coach, $25 to come a coach. No, thanks. I'd rather go out for dinner. <laughs> There's so many people that can learn and understand NLP for $7, do an online course. Well, NLP is a process between people. So if you're not yeah. practicing with people in a classroom, in a training setting where there's actual people there, where you can try these things and see what works and how it works and get the feedback of a trainer who's watching you doing it and giving you guidance and feedback throughout the whole process, you can't really learn NLP and you don't really understand what it's doing. Mm. Oh, you put that so beautifully. That, yeah, it, that whole imposter syndrome and, you know, there's that phrase, I'm trying to think of it, you can probably see me trying like percolating as I'm, and, and it goes something along the lines of, um, there's the things I know, I know, the things I know, I don't know. And then there are the things I don't know that I don't know. And I think the more uh, we learn about a subject, the more humble we become with that subject. And yes, I studied neuroscience because I wanted to understand what was going on in my, in my uh, well, now ex-husband's mind and brain. And I have rejoiced, and I, I said, you know, I should have done a bloody NLP training course with you. I said, and rewired your whole brain, you know, and we can laugh about that. Um, and, you know, and then I started looking at how um, I, I then became fascinated with the, the brain and how male and female brains are different and how we learn differently. And and then looking at um, my next door neighbor who came down with MND and looking at how um, the brain function we have um, impacts the rest of our bodies. But then I was also looking at um, food nutrition and how that impacts our NLP um, and how we're looking at, I mean, I call it, I mean, most people are now becoming aware of the fluoride stare, you know, because now it's become a meme. And so now oh, I read this meme and now I'm an expert on the fluoride stair. No, like the fluoride thing, that's, it's in your water. It's been in your water for a very long time. It's damaging your pineal gland. No, you are not going to put that temperature gauge thing to my head. You can put it to my wrist, but you put that anywhere near my head, I'm going to put you on the floor. Yeah. Um, and I think that for me, it's, um, and I was interviewed recently and someone said, why are you so humble about what it is that you do? Mm -hmm. um, because you don't see yourself. I said, no, I do. I, I know exactly who I am, but I don't know exactly who I am because I don't know who I am yet. And they're like, you are. <laughs> I said, because in each and every single moment, I'm learning new information. I'm getting feedback. Like, I, I mean, I'm distracted slightly because the sun has gone down. You've just seen me get up and put the lights on. Those of you who are watching on YouTube, those of you who are listening on Spotify and the other cha channels. And, but it's, the sun is starting to go down and here in the Andes, the sunsets are just incredible. I mean, I've been out on the ocean and seen sunsets that have made me cry. But again, it's all feedback. And it's like, why is that emotion come up inside of me? You know, like, and it's 
because I don't have ego or I don't, at least I don't think I do. And again, it's like, do I have ego? The fact that I'm questioning myself if I have an ego kind of says, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> to some degree, do I have moments where I play with ego? Absolutely. You know, I like to play and I like to dance. But what we're seeing in the world at the moment is one of the biggest narcissistic gameplays. Mm-hmm. And I've actually been so surprised, Terry, at the amount of people who work in your field, in the field of psychology, and that they work with narcissism and NLP, and they've fallen for this charade, as we would like to call it. And then these coaches that really hone in on people's pain points put them into a point of scarcity and then manipulate them to such an extent that you're like, how do people not see this? I'm asking you, how how do they not see it, Terry? Please tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because it's, you know, it's, it speaks to something in them. So manipulation works when the person, you know, when it's either playing on their fear and people will do anything to get away from the thing that scares them. Mm. So if someone is in a high state I of fear and they want to get away from that thing, then whoever it offers them the solution to it controls them. Mm. That's, um, that's one way. So people are highly motivated when they're in a state of fear, when they experience pain, any sort of hardship, they'll be incredibly motivated to get off that position. And whoever offers a solution is the one who's pulling the strings. Mm. So that's, that's one way they don't see it is because it's something that they want or it's something it's a payoff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's so pervasive and we see, you know, we see it in the media does it. Um, it's in the messaging. People are so bombarded by, by these messages all day long and it's through social media and it's, it is everywhere that if they haven't, if they don't have the tools for how to actually think critically, uh, they, they can't see it and then they're controlled they've got fluoride in the brain and there's that there's <laughs> fluoride and again I know that I'm being quite playful here and you know and I do and someone's like you really need to look at your playful sarcasm Dawn there is there's something going on there and I'm like okay which bit do you want me to look at you know there because I, I was the fat kid at school so I used to use humor to deflect, you know, the bullies. And so for me, I said, okay, I mean, like, you know, do I still have body issues? Do, do I still want people to approve me? Do I still want to be a people pleaser? Do I still want to run and hide and just make people laugh and like really distract from the fact that I am the fat girl from school? I'm not that woman anymore. You know, I, I love myself. You know, you should see me hug myself. Well, you probably shouldn't. Um, but <laughs> you know, and I tell myself every day, you're so beautiful because I know that I am a beautiful person and this is my body. And, you know, it's been through so much and I cross oceans and I love it. And when we were down in the rolling fifties, you know, down in the Southern hemisphere, a week away from Antarctica, the bigger the waves, the more I was giggling, the more I was loving it. It was like, come on, bring it on. And, but the other week I was in these gardens and I wanted to go for a walk in the woods and I saw loads of uh, spiders webs. And I was like, I'm not going in there. Mm, Right. My mum thought reverse psychology was a good thing when arachnophobia came out. No, it so was not. Mum, <laughs> you're not a trained psychologist. Don't make me watch arachnophobia. <laughs> yeah. 
And it is like you say, there's that fear. And I don't like it when I see people play on fear. And I think this is one of the reasons why I resonate so much with your channel on YouTube and, and sorry, on, um, on Instagram. I mean, I, you'll see that I only follow like a, you know, a couple of hundred people. Um, and some of those are friends uh, that I've met on my travels. And then there are people like yourself and, you know, and then there are people that I'm working with and I'm just like, just, I want people to inspire me. I want to learn from people because I know I don't know everything. None of us know everything, but the people that think they do and these master manipulators in the coaching world, the big players that have got huge audiences and they forget that there are people um, out there that don't have the big audiences that are actually much better coaches and much better trainers. Yeah. But what is it that stops those people from breaking into that limelight? Do you think? What is it? I mean, obviously, we know it's like the beliefs and yeah, the, the most common one. Um, you know, I sometimes wonder, especially having a conversation with a friend the other day, and I asked her about that. I said, you know, what? what do you think that is that stops people from like really going for it, for being as big and bold as we see some of these really big coaches? Like, what is it? And what the conclusion we came to is that, um, you know, at a certain level, there is narcissism. And if you, if you don't have that, um, I don't know, I don't know. So it's something that's been on my mind of, do you have to be a narcissist to get to a certain point? Do you, I don't, I don't think you necessarily have to, but I think there are so many of them. And I was like, I really want that sense of like hyper-confidence without the narcissism, you know, like we still be mm-hmm. a human being, but have that overinflated confidence. I wonder what that would be like, because I think mm-hmm. that's what it is. Um, I think there's like, especially in, specifically in the coaching industry, there are people who are making a lot of money selling coaching and coaching programs who really do not give a shit about the people they work with and their results. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah why they can sell the way they do at the volume that they sell it at is because they really don't care what they're providing. Mm. The coaches who stand in front of the, like the Lambo and that they don't even own, but they'll take a picture in front of it and they'll project this image of success so they can sell the program so they can make all the money and then they can say they just had a six figure month or whatever it is and sell more programs. Um, and, but all of it is, is based on lies. Mm. I actually had a marketer, fairly recently tell me that if I want to grow my business, I should go find a very expensive car and take a photo in front of it. And I said, but I don't own that car. And she said, it doesn't matter. And I said, but it matters. It kind of does. does. (laughs) It matters to me. I said, because first of all, anyone who follows me for a while will find out that I don't drive, that I The fact that I'd be photographed in front of a very expensive car, they're quickly going to realize that's not her car. And she yeah. about cars. And she said, well, it's the illusion you're selling them. And I said, well, that's manipulation. And she said, no, yeah. that's mm. uh, So we did not work together. <laughs> yeah, and how did that go? Did you, did you sign up? <laughs> I was like, no, I'd rather take a picture like in, in front of my house. Um, yeah film things in, in my office. This is my office. This, you know, mm-hmm. in my space and show people this is my actual life without any pretense, without any sort of um, 
you know, false image of what it is that I'm doing and who I am, because if they come into my training, they'll learn very quickly who I am and it better match the image that I'm putting out online. I could so hug you right now because I've had so many people say to me, Dawn, like, you know, these pictures that you put out there, like the one that was put out there yesterday by Abby and the girls, um, <laughs> I've been at sea, I like, I've been on watch all night. It's like sunset. Like my hair is just so wild and like freaky looking. <laughs> I look like I've just stuck my fingers into, oh my gosh. Um, uh, sort of the bright orange streaks on the sky. The, the, my, it looks like I've just stuck my fingers into an electric socket. Like the hair is just wild. But you know what? I was so blissfully happy and it, you could just tell. And, you know, a video I did yesterday, I was crying. I, I went, I was, I'm just so happy. Like, it's just like been horse riding in the Andes. It was a dream come true. And like, just when you go out there and you're like, and then like, oh, come on. And I'll be really like, dawn, focus mode. And, you know, yeah. but because people see all of this side of me, they know I'm real, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and I find, think that um, adding to that narcissism thing, um I said to Abby and the girls when you post stuff and when you engage with people you are not posting as me because you are not me and you are not going to be lying when you go and you post something you will say you know you're talking about me and you will sign if you're engaging you will sign off as Abby Amber um uh, Hannah uh, I mean Amanda the team is growing and I'm like I'm really sorry I'm trying to keep up with all your names um (laughs) you know and it's not it's not just about the fact that um, I want them to talk about me. It's no, it's an integrity thing yeah. because you are not me. You can, and people will soon know that you're not me. Cause if you read a post that Abby and the girls put out and then you read one of Dawn's posts, well, one, it's about 50 pages longer. Um, <laughs> and it's probably a few more swear words in it, especially if Amanda's posting <laughs> because I, Amanda doesn't like the swearing. Um, and, but also it's like, a lot of us, we want to impact people, but we don't want that fame game. Yeah. And it's like, I want to be a household name only through the phase of the fact that I've impacted a million people and they have got my book in their home because yes. those books are helping to change the world. That's how I want to be a household name. Yeah. Not um, on the happy clappy, you know, bro marketing, you know, um, I'm going to jump around on stage and, you know, make you all feel really bad about yourself and, you know, put you down and tear you to shreds and then have lots of photos taken with celebrities. And then, you know, this is, no, you didn't. I just, I know you paid 15 grand to have that photograph taken. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Those of us in the know and these international best-selling authors, they're not, they're 99 cents for 24 hours and you never make a penny ever again. That's not being an international best-selling author. Thank you. That is one of my biggest pet peeves is the, the best-selling author game because I see it. And I don't know if you saw this, there's a, an article blog that came out where this guy wanted to expose that whole best-selling author thing. So he took a picture of what was in front of him, which was his foot. He was sitting, his foot was up. He took a picture of his foot. He went on Amazon. He created a book. He put the picture of his foot on the cover. He called it, I think he just called it my foot. Um, there was nothing in it. There was no, there was no text. And then he hit publish. He messaged a bunch of friends and said, I need you to go buy this for 99 cents over the next half hour. Mm-hmm. He did. He became an international bestselling author. And he said, that's how easy it is. I didn't write a, Absolutely. Word, I took a picture of my foot. I put it on Amazon. I sold it to my friends. 
I like this guy. I didn't know about that, but I like this guy. Oh, it was brilliant. And because so many of them bought within half an hour, it triggered the algorithm and put them on, gave him the little bestseller. Bestselling author. Oh, I call it out all the time. I love it. And the the ones who who write, it's not even a full book. It's like they write a page, not even a chapter, a page of a book. And now they're a bestselling author. And, And I look at that and I think you wrote a blog. You wrote the equivalent of one blog. You're not a best-selling author. <laughs> I love you even more. I I was on a um, summit recently, um, and I've gone on and I've gone right. I'm I'm here to tell you the truth about the publishing industry, and this is why I'm a publisher. This is why, as a publisher, I don't take your royalties. I didn't write that book. I have no right to take your royalties from you. Secondly. I could take poor, get my dog's muddy paw print and put it on Amazon for 24 hours at 99 cents and get an international bestseller on multiple continents. That didn't mean anything. I said, if you're only writing a book, I said, by collecting your emails and then collecting your blog posts and paying someone $5 on Fiverr to actually put it into um, typesetting and then getting your click art or clip art, sorry, click art. I don't even know what it is, clip art. I said, you know, anyone can do that. It's not rocket science. No. I said, but if you want to, and the, the world of literature, I call Amazon the litter bin of literature. Um, yes. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm going to tell you, you don't need like months and months and months to publish a book. You just need to sit your ass down and write a proper book and you need to channel it and you need to have someone, help, you know, helping you be accountable, telling you about the Most, I mean, I had a client and I've refused to publish his book. Um, because he would not take out the copyright and the plagiarism. I'm like, I'm not, well, my American friends do. I I don't care whether your American friends go and kiss the queen's ass. I'm not going to. That is not having my brand, my pub. You're not having my fire on your spine because I put my flame fire on the the spine. I said, because there's what you are paying a coach to advise you on all of the legalities and the best way of making money consistently Week in, week out, day in, day out, hour in, hour out, creating a product spectrum, creating a whole bit. Being an author is a lifestyle. It's a business that you are creating. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole narcissistic title. And I I actually said to a friend of mine, I went, why do you call yourself an author? She goes, because I wrote a book. Like that was years ago. I don't have waitress on my job description. It doesn't say Dawn Bates, paper girl, waitress, um, chef, hotel manager, bar manager, and all my job titles throughout that. You're just using the author title as an ego thing and to manipulate people into thinking mm-hmm. that you're an expert. But let's look at the root word of authority, which is also expert. It's author. Yeah. That's there for a reason. And you're so funny. I said, well, please take down that word because you didn't write that book. Wow. And I get, I get so on it. I really do. And you probably had like, oh, she needs NLP in that way. And like, da, 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 like I'm not. And that's the thing. I always know that whenever there's somebody watching me, there's higher or more developed. And I know that they're going, oh, I need to speak to Dawn about that. I need to speak to Dawn about that. Because I do, you know, like, oh, when they, you know, when I see someone publish a book, I'm like, okay, your cover art is not positioning you. And people are like, oh, can I just have the cover art? I'm like, no, because I haven't finished reading the manuscript yet. I need to know which level we're positioning you at. Yeah. And I think that's part of this whole NLP and this fame and narcissism and this manipulation thing. They're using 
uh, they're not understanding if you truly want to reach certain levels you need to have NLP you need to have coaching you need to have somebody who knows what they're doing yeah. if you want to have fame go and speak to somebody in your in your in your that that knows about it yeah. you know you've transformed your life in an incredible way and create a beautiful business from someone who was afraid of you know the, her own shadow yeah and look at what you're doing now you're transforming loads of people's lives um you've got a huge following on instagram you're such a funny woman i, I mean i don't mean you're a funny woman like you need like you are a funny woman <laughs> i like funny people <laughs> and if you hadn't have been you our energies wouldn't have connected and if you hadn't have been so real there's no way I'd have connected with you. And I think that's the thing people need to, when they're looking at wanting to be authentic and they're really wanting to show up as themselves, working with someone like you is so, so valuable. So valuable. Well, and, and it's, you know, and I think when it comes to, you mentioned being your authentic self and that's always a, it's a trigger word for me. I have to admit mm. we're authentic because it's another, you know, it's a buzzword that people- it are, is and people are using it and and saying and and they're using it as an excuse this is what I see is they're using it as an excuse to be an asshole well I'm just being my authentic self no you're like, no you're not <laughs> and and the best version of yourself and still be a kind good person and be authentic mm. Mm. Uh, so I, I'm seeing I see that happening a lot especially on social media people use that you know, in a way that's not authentic. And then they call it authenticity and they say they're just being their authentic selves or they just copy other people. And mm. I my clients is they'll find somebody who they see as having some success. They don't know if they're really successful. They just see the image online and then they start copying what they do. And they copy their messaging, the images mm. they use, um, they copy their, how they post things and then they wonder why they don't get results. And mm. I was telling them, well, first of all, you don't know if that person's even getting results. You don't know. Absolutely. Um, but also because it's not you. Mm. And people can smell that from a mile away. They know when you're not being yourself mm. and you're not real. Um, I had a client the other day. She said, I wish my reels were funny like yours. She said, I think I'm a funny person and I want to bring that into my, when I do reels and I create stuff on Instagram, I want to be funny like you are, uh, but I don't know how to do it. And I said, that's because that's, that's not who you are. Yeah. And that's I think this thing, like the fact that you got triggered when I see other people using the word authentic, I get triggered by that because I know what the true word means. And when yeah. people are using words, I'm like, don't use that word. <laughs> I read dictionaries in multiple languages. <laughs> I, I know what these words mean. <laughs> Yeah. But if you're not yourself, mm -hmm. you, you're not going to attract the results. You're not going to be the happiest version of yourself. And why would you want to be someone else anyway? Yeah. It gets confusing just being me sometimes. Why would I need somebody else to be in the picture? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, And even when you're you being someone else and trying to be someone else, you're still always going to be you, but you're you being somebody else. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a whole game that we play. And really the more that people, I think, just get confident and comfortable being who they really are. Mm -hmm. then that comes through. I wasn't always a funny person. I mean, I was inside, but I was just afraid to ever let it out. 
And the more confident I became in who I am, that's why I can create the videos that I do now is because mm-hmm. I, because I feel good about who I am at the end of the day. And I know that when I say things in a certain way or share things in a certain way, they connect with the people who need to hear it. And, Absolutely. and I, you know, I always say that at the, you know, yes, I'm an NLP trainer and a coach and a speaker, but I think at the higher level, I think I'm an entertainer. I think that's what I'm here to do is entertain people. And if they learn something from it, um, then that's really great. I think you're uh, honestly, like I, I followed you now for, I think probably about a year, 18 months. And, um, you know, like when I first saw you, I was like, She's so funny. And then I'd make a comment or I'd like it or I'd like just laugh. And then I remember we exchanged a few messages in the in the private space. And and then it was like we started having the like the random conversations every now and we we don't really know each other from, I mean, I'd say from Adam, um, you know, but for me, it just feels so natural to be in your space because you are naturally you. And I find that I am repelled by the people who I'm like, yeah, no, that's a bit weird. Like, I don't like, that's just, who are you again? Like, I don't want to read what I've just read on someone else's. I don't, and this is how I know that a lot of my content has been taken and plagiarized because, I mean, I've come out with the grossly obese inspiration eaters, you know, and I've come out with, you know, delicate daisies and, you know, um, a few other, uh, which probably not that uh, relevant at the moment, other phrases, but when we are our true self and we speak our truth and we understand who we are, then we actually have the biggest impact in the world. Um, And it's not just in the world outside, it's in our world, within our family, within our community. And it's great to have these big dreams of being on stages, you know, being paid millions. But if we haven't even got the million dollar currency of love for ourselves inside, then it doesn't matter what money we've got in the bank. And I've always said to my boys, it's not the size of your wallet that matters. It's the size of your heart. Yep. Absolutely. And you have got a very big heart and I love the content you share. And I'm so glad that you said yes to being invited on here. Um, it's, I've just absolutely love spending time with you this afternoon. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a long You're time. welcome. Yeah. So what I'm going to do now is uh, give you the opportunity. Is there anything that you would like um, everybody listening and watching to take away with them? Is there anything that, you know, if they could, um, I mean, all your contact details will be in the show notes and you'll have all the repurposing content, what have you. Um, And uh, if anybody does want to get in touch with you and they can't find those, um, look harder uh, or contact me and I'll put you in touch with Terry. But is there anything you'd like everybody to take away with them today as a final uh, final note? I say um, no. We're not writing, are we? <laughs> you know, I think it's just just what we were just talking about about if you show up as yourself and mm. and if you need to, you know, if you need to work on your confidence to do that, then do that. But I, my, you know, my final takeaway, I guess, is that I think that life is so short that we are really meant to find joy and purpose in our life. So whatever you are doing, wherever you find that, um, grab it, take that and don't deprive Mm. yourself of having those experiences. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Perfect. And so is that sunset out there. And thank you so much for 
gifting me the opportunity to have this conversation with you whilst being distracted by a beautiful sunset. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this latest edition of the Truth Serum. As you can see, again, a very different topic to the one that we had previously. Um, I've just had somebody on with uh, talking money stories and the stories we tell ourselves with that. So, um, but thank you so much for joining us. The show notes for Terry will be, well, the contact details for Terry will be in the show notes. Very scripted, very professional here. Um, and um, I said, you can contact me and stay tuned for the next installment of the Truth Serum over on dawnbates.com. Thank you so much. Um, I'm just going to stop recording and just have a final chit chat with Terry. Take care of yourselves. Ciao, ciao. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Truth Serum Podcast. You can follow Dawn directly through her Instagram account, instagram.com forward slash real Dawn Bates. This is an invitation only podcast. That said, if you would like to speak with us or come on the show, please send an email through hello at dawnbates.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Remember to like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Sharing is caring, so share away. Until next time, folks, grab a good book, see a sunset, and expand your knowledge and experience.